Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi ladhi anzala Qur'anan arabiyya wa hadana siratun sawiyya wa salatu wa salamu ala muhammadin alladhi bu'itha rasulan nabiyya wa ala alihi wa sahbihi alladhina salaku tariqan maradiyya amma ba'd. My respected elders, dearest brothers and sisters, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. When we discuss our understanding of Islamic doctrine, of creed, of Islamic beliefs, when we discuss our religious figures, and when we discuss historical facts which are synonymous to our religion, you will find that many of us are confused, many of us have distorted opinions, and some of us put their faith in convoluted parables. What do I mean? For many of us, especially those of us who were born in this country, who grew up in this country, went through schooling, or have spent a considerable amount of time in this country to the extent that we have fully embraced British culture as far as times such as Christmas and Easter occur, what you will find is that when we have gone through this process, many of us, our understanding of Isa salam, is our understanding of what we've been taught through religious education. Or for example, when we were young, some of us watched a movie, Passion of Christ, and as a result, we felt that this was the story of Isa salam. Likewise, when we think about the story of Musa, we think about those lessons that were taught to us in religious education when we were in secondary school. When we think about Easter, and we think about what happened at that particular juncture, we grew up where we were making in class Easter eggs, Easter cards, during Christmas, Christmas cards, etc. And as a result, all of that has had an impact on our understanding of Islamic doctrine and Islamic creed. The things that we have seen, the things that we have heard. And as years go by, what you will find is that every so often, a film will come out which will denote a certain religious figure. A few years back, Noah was released. And many individuals who were having their first exposure of Nuh believed that to be the truth, that this is the story of Nuh. And likewise, whenever something is churned out, for many of us, it is easier to watch something and learn something than to pick up a book and read about something and then gain clarity. Over the last month or so, what has been taking Muslim communities and even Christian communities and non-Muslim communities by storm and causing a furor is the release of the Messiah on Netflix. And many individuals who have watched the show have been left bewildered, confused, to some degree or to an extent that some have said that, well, maybe we should give Dajjal a chance. When the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has said, if you see Dajjal to Umar radiallahu anhu, don't go anywhere near him. <laughs> this was Umar radiallahu anhu, he was, who, who was referenced in this particular place. And therefore, what is the correct narrative regarding Dajjal? 
because lots of things will be presented in front of us. Lots of ideas will be presented in front of us. Lots of discussions will happen at work. Did you see this? Did you see this? I heard this will happen. I heard this will happen. I heard this will happen. Sooner or later, the truth gets mixed up. So understand it from the Quran and the Hadith. Because this is the first port of call for every single believer who wants to rectify his doctrine, who wants to rectify his creed, wants to ensure that what he's believing is the right thing. And the reason why this is important is because if you don't get it right today in your own life, then when you pass it on to your children and your children to your, their children, if it is not strong originally, then what you will find is it will become subject to Chinese whispers. The next generation will add or detract from it because it was already a weak story without any basis. And then they will add to it and they will add to it. Rather, if it is one message which has come from the Quran, one message which has come from the Hadith, and that echoes throughout the community and one's offspring, then you will find that the offspring in 20, 30, 40, 50 years are still as strong as the one who related it to them in the beginning. And this is why we narrate the, the instances and the narrations which the Prophet ﷺ highlighted. I begin first by narrating a hadith, which is a very important hadith as far as Dajjal is concerned. Previously, the Prophet ﷺ in Medina had discussed Dajjal to a great degree. He had said to his community that there has been no prophet except that he has warned his community about Dajjal. And I am the last prophet and you are the last ummah. Therefore, there is no doubt he will come to you. There is no doubt he will come to you. So a person prepares. For each and every, this is, this is profound, for each and every prophet of Allah to be instructed, warn your community about this man, shows the magnitude and the size of the fitna, the trial, the tribulation that this man will present. The Prophet ﷺ in a dream sees Dajjal and his appearance and relates it to the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. He says, he says that this particular individual, his eye, one of his eyes have been left distorted. One of them have been injured. It appears injured. And this is according to some as to why he is called Al-Masih Al-Tajjal. Al-Masih from Masaha to wipe over or to pass over, meaning his eye has been wiped over, one of his eyes. And it is like Inaba. It is like a grape which has been burst and all of the juice has been sucked out of it. That eye will no longer does any work from it. It's just darkness in one of his eyes. And then the Prophet ﷺ spoke that he appears as a strong man, as a formidable man. His hair is curly. His face is reddish, a person with a reddish complexion. And he gave such descriptions about Dajjal. And then one night in Medina, the Prophet ﷺ according to Imam Muslim Rahimahullah's narration, gave a call to the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. When there was an, an important announcement, as-salatul jami'ah, they would say, all come to the masjid, everyone come to the masjid, and everyone flocked to the masjid. Why? Because the Prophet sallallahu was going to counsel them. He said to them at that particular juncture, when everybody came, that no, he went upon the mimbar, and he sat upon the mimbar, or stood upon the mimbar, and he said to his community that nobody is to move until I have finished what I am saying. And on that day, he says, I am not counseling you regarding anything to do with yourselves. I am telling you, I'm not giving you a wa'ad or, or, or a spiritual counsel. I'm giving you information that has been passed on to me by Tamim Ad-Dari. 
Tamim Ad-Dari radiallahu anhu was a companion of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who was originally Christian. This was very rare. Most of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum who accepted Islam, they were pagans. Okay, they were pagans. Most of them, you know, were, were idolaters and later on they had accepted Islam. Very rarely would you find there to be Christian or for there to be a, a Jew. And Tamim Adari was from among those Arabs who were Christians. He later on became Muslim. And Tamim had related an incident to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the Prophet says to his community, what I am about to tell you, which has been related to, by, to me by Tamim, matches everything that I've said to you about Dajjal so far. So listen. So he now narrates Tamim's incident. Tamim says that I was on a voyage and he would go on a boat with 30 men, also Christian Arabs. And he says, we got to a point where we were on the ocean and the storm rendered us to lose our path. So we were on our path, but because of the storm, we lost our path and we went elsewhere. We didn't know where we were, we were stranded. We needed food, we needed drink. And as such, some men from among the boat came with Tamim on a smaller boat, a craft or a lifeboat, and they sat down upon it and they went to an island which was nearby. When they came to this island, a being approached them. Tamim says, I could not describe him. The hadith only highlights that he was hairy and that he could speak, nothing else. The Prophet ﷺ has mentioned it, therefore we believe it to be true. He says to him, that who are you, where have you come from? He gives ambiguous replies, this being. And he says, my owner, my master wishes to speak to you. Let us proceed. And therefore they go. Tamim says, we were terrified. We've never seen a being like this. Tamim himself in the narration of Muslim highlights that they thought it was a devil of some sort. So Tamim proceeds and they come to a man. Now this man is asking strange questions. Questions such as, you know, what about such and such lake? Has such and su is such and such lake still around? Lake Tiberia or Tabaria, which is Galilea today? Is it still around? He says, yes, it is still around. He says, it will dry up soon. What about such and such land? Are there crops growing over there? Is it cultivated? Yes, it's cultivated. All of those crops will go. This man is replying to him. Tabim is astonished by these claims that he's making. He's asking him several questions. I'm not going to go into each of those questions because they're all irrelevant. But what he is saying, he's point, pinpointing locations on earth. Imagine me saying to you, River Thames, has it, round, has it dried out yet? And you say, no, River Thames is still as River Thames. He says to you, well, River Thames is going to be wiped out. You know, this is Hyde Park. Are the, are the trees all dead there yet? No, it will soon be like that. So this is what he's professing. This is just an example for me to bring to your attention as to the type of, you know, discussion he was having. And then... He comes to the final question. Has the unlettered prophet, the unlettered prophet, the prophet who cannot read, has he emerged yet? Tamim replied, Tamim wasn't a Muslim at this point. He became Muslim later. He's relating to the prophet وسلم, something that had happened previously in his life. He said, yes, he has emerged. And what's the situation? Have the Arabs fought him? Yes, the Arabs have fought him. Has, have they defeated him? No, in fact, the prophet has defeated them. And then this man says that it would be better if the Arabs had joined his cause. And then he says to Tamim that I will tell you who I am. Tamim asks, who are you? And he says, I am Dajjal. 
and he goes back to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Tamim and he refers all of these details to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says to his community that all of these things that Dajjal, the description I gave and the things that I said that he will do, they are interlinking with the narration of Tamim. I want you to be certain. The reason he's relating this to the people that he gathered in the mosque is that this man, this individual will be coming and therefore you need to prepare for that individual. And inshallah upon the member we will continue to discuss his uh, appearance and his emergence, inshallah. Alhamdulillahi wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah ma ba'd. My respected friends, closer to the advent and the emergence of Tajjal, there will be three years. In the first year, Allah will withhold one third of the designated rain which will fall. In the second year, Allah will hold back two thirds. And in the third year, there will be no rain at all, rendering the earth desolate. A drought will take place. It will be a situation that synonymous of a famine. And this will be the ideal workspace and the ideal playground for Tajal. Because Tajal and Dajjal in his meaning, the name, the word Tajal means the great imposter, the great deceiver. He will be able to deceive individuals. How? Through the way he manipulates them mentally and psychologically. He will prey upon the weakness of people. Seeing this as an opportunity, that there is a drought. And this is why this is the greatest fitna that a person will have in their lifetime. This is why all of the Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam warned their communities about this particular individual. He will prey upon the lack of a person's iman. Or sometimes even those who are strong of iman. He will deceive them into thinking that he is actually their creator and their lord. And he will take advantage of an earth which is barren, an earth which is desolate. He will walk upon the earth and he will say to people, that I am your Lord. They will say to him, well, what is your evidence that you are our Lord? He will say, I will bring rain down from the heaven and he will make it rain and the people will believe because it has rained that he is Allah. He will go to another place. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has highlighted. There, there will be people. A person will have passed away. He will claim again to his divinity. People will say, well, where is your proof? The person who asked him, he will summon two devils to take the form of his dead parents and he will make it seem as if he has resurrected them and people will say, well, this man has to be a god. The Prophet ﷺ gave explicit command and instructions to his community. At that time, you must know that your Lord does not take the form of a man. Your Lord does not descend upon the earth. You must know this. He will go to place to place. The Prophet ﷺ spoke about the speed. He will be upon the earth for 40 days. And upon the, on, on those 40 days, he will go to every single place upon this earth except of two places. One being Mecca and one being Medina. And he himself, when he was speaking to Tamim al-Dari, he said that I will not be able to go to Thiba, yani Medina. I will not be able to go there. Why? Because there will be angels situated around the boundaries of Medina who will direct him elsewhere. The Prophet ﷺ also spoke of 
how he will present in his hands that this is heaven and this is hell and the fire where re in reality the fire is actually the, 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 the gardens and the, the garden is actually the fire and he will test people in this way people will flock to him the miracles that he will be performing allegedly alleged miracles will be such that people who you know seeing as believing they will have no response to it which is why the Prophet ﷺ highlighted to Umar that if you see him, you must stay away from him. There will be one man, however, who the Prophet ﷺ highlighted as the greatest martyr. He will proceed to Dajjal. When he prays before Dajjal and his community who have believed in front of him, he will be taken to Dajjal and Dajjal will say to him, do you believe that I am your Lord? He will say, of course not. He will rebuttal Dajjal in front of all of his followers. Dajjal will be angry. And he will say, well, look, I will chop you in half. And he will chop the man in half, walk in between him, come back, put him back together and say to him, now do you believe I am your Lord? I have given you death and I have brought you back. The man will respond, now I am even more sure that you are the man that my beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu informed me of. And, this, and the Jal will not be able to do it again. He will go to him in such fury with a dagger or a blade towards his throat, but Allah would put a brace around his throat in order to protect the man, but also to show those who are followers of this particular man, Dajjal, that he is not a god, that he is fake, that he is he's, he's not a, a divine in any of his characteristics. And thereafter, this man will be thrown into that fire which, uh, which Dajjal has created of his own doing, and this is how he will pass away. Whilst all of this is happening, three earthquakes will hit Medina and it will take out all the hypocrites. Many of us are thinking right now, if I'm alive at that time, I'm going to book a one-way ticket, not even going to think about it, I'm going straight to Medina, straight to Mecca. There will be three earthquakes in Medina which will shake it to its core and all of those who are hypocrites, plastic believers, those who didn't truly believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they will be shaken out of it. That this is not your resting place. This is not where you are designated to reside. Only those of faith will be allowed into Medina. But those of faith will have joined the army of Mahdi. That individual who will be leading a rebellion or a fight back against Dajjal. And then upon one morning before Fajr Salah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will send Isa alayhi salam, Al-Masih, the real messenger, the real Messiah. Why will he send Al-Masih? And why do we call Isa alayhi salam Al-Masih? Because he would pass his hands over something and that person would be cured bi idhnillah. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said that he will return and as he returns, his hands will be on the wings of two angels and his hair, from his hair, beads of water will trickle, highlighting how fresh and pure he is as a person as he lifts his head this water will trickle upon the earth he will be wearing two garments which are tinged slightly yellow maybe of a beige type of color and he will come into the masjid where they are about to start the Fajr Salah according to some narrations the Dhar Salah and Mahdi will want to stay, stay back and he says no for every nation there is an Imam and you are the Imam of this nation to highlight to the community that he has come back as a follower of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and not of a prophet and he will go and he will chase Tajal. Tajal does not know. Tajal has been beaten from Medina and been sent towards Syria area. But when they all come, they come to a place which is known as Bablud. 
which is in Tel Aviv at this moment of time. And what will happen at that particular juncture is that Dajjal is unaware that Isa salam, has returned upon this earth. And as soon as, he sees the, as soon as he sees Isa upon the battlefield, he will turn and he will run and he will flee from Isa because he knows that his end is nigh. Isa will chase him, and as he is chasing and pursuing him, he will shout out to Dajjal that there is a blow which has been written for me to give to you. It has to be received. And Isa will chase him, and with his lance, he will be able to kill Dajjal. And the fitna of Dajjal, after 40 days, will conclude there and then. The purpose of highlighting this, and the story continues, the discussion continues, Isa salam, return, uh, resuming his position upon this earth as a follower of the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, etc, etc. Maybe we can go, I've got another Jummah at the end of this month, maybe we can discuss it then. The purpose of this khutbah is to highlight to our communities our narrative of the Jah. Many of us, like I highlighted in the beginning, Many of us grow up and we've had tons of religious education, RE lessons where we've been told that this is the parable and this is the story of Isa and this is the story of the cross and this is the story of Musa and this is what happened to Fir'aun and this is what happened to Nuh, etc. And, mu and much of our belief, much of our doctrine that we think to be sacred and authentic today has actually been built up upon ideas which have been taken from other religions respectively. It is very important to learn, to research, to understand what the truth of the matter is. Before an individual sits, and like you had the situation of people tweeting, oh, uh, you know, the Dajjal on, on the Messiah on Netflix looks pretty good. You know, I, I think we should give him a chance. He looks so kind. <laughs> How can a person even perceive to give a man who is about to strip an entire world of their iman a chance? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to protect the iman of our own selves and protect the iman of our children. The Prophet sallallahu has highlighted that a person who memorizes the first 10 ayat of Suratul Kahf and is able, and in some narrations the last 10 as well, a person who memorizes this will be protected from the fitna of Dajjal. My friends, you may think to yourself, and in some narrations, it comes that the Jal will appear at a time where Imams will no longer mention his name on the mimbar. He will assume his position on earth because nobody will even be thinking that he's going to be coming. Nobody will have mentioned it. My friends, what you might be thinking today, well, the Jal is long off for me. Why should I memorize Suratul Kaf? It's not just for you, my friends. Because if you memorize it, you are bound to pass that on to your child. Who will pass it on to his child? Who will pass it on to his child? And when that time eventually comes upon the earth, where Tajal most certainly will be here, you will find that your offspring, through the barakah and the seed that you planted of memorizing Suratul Kaf, will also be able to salvage the Iman in a time which is the most distressing of times. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant me the ability to act upon what has been said. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant you all the ability to act upon what has been said. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, Nahmaduhu, and Estarinuhu, and Estakfiru, when I would be lahi ta'alam in Shururi and Fusina, women say Yatia Amalina. May Hindihilla, who fell a mudilla, who may you live, fell a hadiella. 
ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدًا عبده ورسوله صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليمًا كثيرًا كثيرًا أما بعد فقد قال الله تبارك وتعالى إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم ارضى عن الخلفاء الراشدين الأربع أبي بكر وعمر وأثمان وعلى وعن الستة من العشرة وعن أهل بدر وعن أصحاب الشجرة وعن السابقين الأولين من المهاجرين والأنصار وعن أمهات المؤمنين وعن الصحابة رضي الله تعالى عنهم أجمعين اللهم اغفلنا وللمؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وألف بين قلوبهم وأصلح ذات بينهم وانصرهم على عدوك وعدوهم اللهم اغفل أمتي سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم استر أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم احفظ أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم تجاوز عن أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم ارحم أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم عز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم عز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم انصر الإسلام والمسلمين في كل مكان اللهم أصلح أحوال المسلمين في كل مكان اللهم أنجل مستضعفين من المؤمنين في كل مكان اللهم كن لهم عونا ونصيرا اللهم بدل خوفهم أمنا وأخرجهم من الظلمات إلى النور يا أرحم الراحمين عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعذكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم وادعوه يستجب لكم ولذكر الله تعالى أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون أقيموا الصلاه